0: Well, it's all a bit of a mess, isn't it? All I wanted was a bit of advice, citizens' advice. I mean, that's what they're there for, isn't it? I said to him when I went in, I said, I just need you to help me get rid of my husband. He just looked at me funny for a moment, and then picked up a pen and one of his forms. Forms? (laughs) I've had enough of them. They always need more information than I've got in my head. Well, I watched as he shuffled some papers on the table between us. Oh, he had big hands. For some reason, though, I found that comforting. <clears throat> uh, perhaps we can start with your name. That threw me. I realised I might have to play for time. My name? Yes, please. Oh, well, you don't want his name? Not at the moment. His eyes looked hungry for something like he wanted me to give him a song and a dance while he took notes on me performance, pen poised over a, a pad of paper. I stared back at him. He had a wart below his lower lip on the left side, just like me husband, and I wanted to squeeze it. Instead, I tried exerting my seniority. I'm eighty-six, you know. It made no difference. So it's uh, Mrs... Then a name came to me. Smith. It was the best I could do. Yes, I'm Mrs. Smith. Well, Mrs. Smith, tell me about your husband. He put his pen on the desk and he leaned back in his chair. I blinked a few times, trying to put my thoughts in the right order. I knew I needed to say the important stuff first. What was the worst thing about Bernie? He smells. Waltface stared at me, like he were going to challenge me to come up with a problem lower down the pecking order. <laughs> now I was stuck. What next? But he wasn't asking for more. He leaned forward in his chair. Smells. You mean he has a hy- hygiene problem? I knew I was on safe ground here. Yes, uh, Elsie said they'd have to act if I told them about the smell. "'I can't put up with it any longer. No, he'll have to go.' The man seemed to agree with me, as he nodded very slowly. "'Have you spoken to him about it?' "'Of course I have. He's past caring. He just sits there staring at the telly. It's not even on half the time.' The man looked at me with what I thought at first might be sympathy. He had this curious expression on his face. Okay, I, mean, I, I was in me old house coat, and I'd got holes in me tights, and there was another hole in one of me slippers at the toe, and I hadn't been able to find me hairbrush. <laughs> I was just lucky I'd got me glasses on me chain around me neck, or I'd have lost them too. Oh, I was at me wits' end with worry, which was why I was there, so I told him. You lot are supposed to help people, aren't you? I've never asked anyone for help before. I've never needed it, but I need help now. Yes, yes, uh, Mrs Smith, uh, I, uh, I'm sure we can assist in some way. Uh, perhaps if I could also speak to your husband? Mm, you'll be lucky to get a word out of him. But you're best to see for yourself, I suppose. You'll have to come home with me now, though, and then you can bring him back with you. I'm sorry, Mrs Smith, there's no chance of that. I do have other people to see after you, and... "'I'll be here for a while yet. "'Why not leave me your address, "'and I'll see if someone could call round a, a bit later?' "'Me address? "'Of course we would need that. "'They had to know that bit, or I'd never get rid. Oh, "'I thought hard. "'It's got a green door.' "'I'm afraid I'm going to need a bit more than that.' "'That foam thing again. "'Why did they have to turn me into a notepad?' Oh, I was all of a fluster now. What was me address? I knew where I lived, but I couldn't think of the name of the street. And nobody had asked me for it in years. It's number 15. No, No, it isn't. But it has got a five in it. Oh, number 50? No. Number five, I think. My mind had gone blank. As I sat there trying to pitch our front door, I was struggling to see the number next to the five. It, it just kept disappearing behind the hanging basket. Well, and I was blessed if I could think whether I lived on a road or an avenue. It was a dead end, so all I could do was turn round. Oh, sorry, I've just remembered I've got a pan on the boil, so I'll just come back tomorrow. Outside it was all hot and clammy. The middle of January and it were blowing a gale, but I was sweating. And then Elsie was standing in front of me, concern and nosiness spread equally across her podgy face. But well, what did he say then? Oh him in there. Oh nothing. Well they're all the same men. They never say now worth anything. Did we come on the bus? This way. She did that flick of her head that told me she weren't listening anymore and I followed her along the pavement as best I could. One of me slippers was loose and I had to keep stopping, but Elsie wasn't interested. Well there's one coming now, we're in luck! As we sat down together near the front I started to feel better. I'd stepped in a puddle and my foot was like it was stuck in jelly, but, but the sweats had gone. Oh, Elsie's been a good neighbour. So I relented and I started to tell her what happened. I told him my name was Smith. So, that is your name? Is it? Oh yes. Oh, oh I didn't tell her my address. Oh, why not? They'll need that if they're going to take him away. Oh, don't you start. <laughs> I saw a familiar looking tree in the distance and I reached for the bell. Oh, isn't this our stop? As we turned the corner Elsie linked my arm and patted me on the wrist. Well that annoyed me because it made me forget to check the name of the street. Now look, I- I'm happy to go with you again tomorrow so long as it's after 10. But got to wait in for a phone call. A phone call who did she think she was kidding? I knew there'd be no phone call. Silly cow never got out of bed until after Piers Morgan. But I painted on a smile and I said thank you. I, I was grateful really and-, and I told her so. Give over. Always ready to help a neighbour. Oh, but I wouldn't help him. I told you before you're too soft with him, Dart. He needs to get off his arse and do something for you for once time to get rid. I nodded. We'd had this conversation before, usually at the knitting circle on a Thursday afternoon and, and that reminded me. The front door was definitely green. But why did that man with the wool want to know what colour it was? The smell of him and the blare of that telly hit me as soon as I went in. I swear that ITV is louder than the BBC. I stood in the doorway, looking at a commercial for mouthwash in the back of his head, and I did what I could to compete. Bernie, will you turn that rubbish off? He ignored me, as usual, so I switched it off myself. We didn't say anything, but I could feel his eyes boring into me. And now I could hear the phone ringing. Oh, I'll get that, shall I? He didn't move, which meant I had to. The voice sounded familiar when I picked up. Hello, are you there? I'm well, not one of them spanners then, but I knew I ought to check. Are you calling about me pension? No, Mum, it's me, William. Clever, I, but, but I was glad I asked. I recognised his voice now. Oh yes, yeah. You're the man I spoke to. That citizen's advice. How did you get my number, Mum? I'm getting worried. Nothing you say makes sense any more. Have you stopped taking your medication again, Mum? Can I speak to Dad, please? He stinks. I've told you. Never mind that. Just put him on the phone, please. Well, now I was getting riled, it was like he was ignoring everything I'd been trying to tell him, and all he wanted to know was what colour me door was. I told you, all he does is watch the telly. I want you to come and take him away. OK, Mum, I'm coming round now. Well, I'm not telling you my address. You'll steal me pension. That's how you have to deal with these people. You just put the phone down on them is what my son told me. And he should know because he works for Citizens Advice. So that's what I did. And then I went to slice up the bacon. Bacon butties were always Bernie's favourite since way back. Oh, we used to say it was the way that I did bacon that made him fancy me. Or maybe he was just hungry. Or well, he talked a lot to me in those days. What's your name? Dorothy, but you can call me Dot if you like. Oh, (laughs) Dotty. Or is it is it Dotty? Dotty Dorothy. (laughs) (laughs) Well you don't look mental to me and you make a mean bacon butty. Oh well not very much, I'm sure. Mm. You look different when you smile. Mm. You should do it more often. (laughs) That's because I'm looking at you. (laughs) Oh, you're a rare sight to behold (laughs) Dotty Dot. And this is the best bacon butty I've ever had. Will you marry me? (laughs) (laughs) Well, how could I resist a proposal like that? I mean, I kept turning him down at first, but every week he asked me to marry him. For months, he'd come into my mum's cafe and ask for his dotty bun. (laughs) And every time he left, he'd ask me to marry him. He had lovely teeth too. (sighs) I didn't know they were false. It was such a shock the first time I saw him spit them out. (laughs) He's lost them now, of course. Mind you, never opens his mouth these days. Not even for a bacon, butty. I'll try him again later. Like I have done every day this week. I don't suppose he'll change his mind. They're still there. I mean, there must be at least half a dozen dotty buns on the table. I think he's lost his appetite ever since I squeezed that horrid wart of his and shoved a butty down his throat even remember what we were arguing about now, we all when, but I well you will get over it. Maybe I should just put the telly back on? Yeah, you, you'll like that. And I could put up with the smell a bit longer, until that nice man from the Citizen's Advice gets here. Yeah, yeah it won't be long now. He's been a good son to me, but a bit quiet, just like his father. That was The Quiet One by Alan Veal Featuring the vocal talents of Jackie Padden, Peter Frankson and Alan Veal Music and effects by Zapsplat.com